A little college football as we hit the middle of the month of uh, September. We got, I have to say, I was surprised last week. I didn't think Oklahoma would win there, so they dealt Ohio State a uh, blow. So a good game for the Sooners. It was. Hey, Mike, yeah, I was surprised, too, on your show. I, I thought that uh, Urban would have his team ready. I, listen, I picked uh, JT Barrett to be to win the Heisman, so that ain't looking too good. And, uh, you know, for a new coach, Lincoln Riley, to take his team in there and dominate Ohio State, that, that was a big step. It was a big weekend for the Big 12. TCU goes in and manhandles what was supposed to be a physical Arkansas team and then Oklahoma goes in, and you had to know that Ohio State was getting ready for that game. They really had spent two games getting ready for Oklahoma. And, boy, that, that was a wake-up call for, for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, if they win the rest of their games, probably be in there. A Big Ten champion, one loss. It's still a, a, a big game for the Big 12, and especially Oklahoma. All right, Clemson-Louisville this week. Uh, Clemson against yeah. the Heisman Trophy uh, winner, so they have that game. Now, Louisville hasn't been on Clemson. Oh, they played a classic game last year that went back and forth, up and down, back and forth. They finally pull it out on their way to a national championship. Uh, so this game's in Louisville. Figures to be, you now Clemson's got the better D. Louisville's got the better right. offense. So uh, what happens? You know, I was thinking a little bit about this Clemson team. I mean, they sacked Auburn 11 times last week. And for an Auburn team, if you watch a Gus Malzahn team, they, by the way, they only gave up 19 sacks all of last year. It's very unlike a Gus Malzahn offense to give up sacks. Now, they have a different type of a quarterback this year, and obviously they could not handle that pass rush for Clemson. But I'm thinking about, like Lamar Jackson, you know, like how, you know, the, the the good Lord gives you almost everything. And they've given Lamar Jackson, you know, speed, elusiveness, size, a cannon arm, but they didn't give him an offensive line. And I'm, I'm looking at this game. And if you watch Louisville play football, they struggle, you know, they struggled last year blocking Houston. LSU killed them. LSU, they couldn't move the ball an inch. They couldn't move the ball an inch against LSU. Absolutely, and they're coming up now against more elite athletes than LSU has or Houston has. I mean, this Clemson is legit their front four. So, boy, I just don't know. Can you scramble that much? Can you make that many plays? Uh, I'll admit it. The answer is no. But but Purdue held them in check pretty well, and they're not even in the same league as Clemson. Now it's on the road. Clemson was really fired up to play Auburn, but uh, I'm with you here. I I mean, I'd be surprised. I think Clemson has been maybe the surprise of the college football season this year. We we thought they'd have trouble uh, replacing their quarterback. They have. And they look like they're not skipping a beat here going into the season. Let me ask you if, uh, about whether a couple of teams are elite teams or not. Is Penn State an elite team? I think they are. Now, I mean, elite. Meaning, can to, they can they be a top five team this year? I think they can. I mean, they got the best football player maybe in college football, Saquon Bar- Barkley. I mean, so I, I think they've improved their team. And if they uh, continue to win, they got that tough game, you know, at Ohio State this year. Ohio State looks like you can, you know, play with them and beat them. So I, I do. I, I think they could be. Everybody has a little bit of a, a nick in the armor. And, um, you know, I, I just think they've got leadership at quarterback. They've got a, 
a mismatch at running back. So I don't see why they can't be. Um, it's you know I don't know if they're as dominating a team as USC or maybe Alabama or you know or Oklahoma, but I I think they're at the very next echelon. But you know, a week ago I was putting off the echelon area. Right now I don't think they are, and I I think Clemson has gone in there instead. So I think Ohio State, excuse me, Penn State has a chance to be a top five team. Do you think for sure now that USC is, uh, we know how good the quarterback is, do you think they I are do. in every way a legitimate top five team? I do, and, I, and here's why. It's, um, you know, last week we talked about that I didn't think they could get up to play Western Michigan, especially when they're going to play Stanford and Texas their next two games. And I, and I thought they were ready to play, and they showed it. But here's what I most liked about the game. We know Sam, Sam Donald can throw the ball, and he's an elite quarterback, and He's one of those special guys that come around every once yep. in a while, and, and, and teams are going to almost tank for him, and, and, and obviously some teams are. But it was the way that USC ran the ball against Stanford. They out-physicaled Stanford's football team that, that has made their program, uh, David Shaw, is around that. So now when you combine that with that, that physical running game with what Donald can do, I think they're legit. I picked them to go undefeated. I mean, they've got a tough schedule. I will admit that. But, um, you know, Oregon's look like they're getting better. Washington State can score, even though they were down 31-10 to 10 in their game and came back to win. And, and uh, Washington is legit, but I, I think they're the class of, that, uh, of, the, of the West out there. And they're going to put a beating on Texas. We know that. I mean, they, and, they, I, and I, there's I, no love lost either. So they're going to, and there's been words going back and forth. So they are going to put a beating on Texas. Uh, let's get to your game, uh, which yeah. people might not realize. This is a vicious rivalry. I mean, this is a rivalry that people who don't know college football don't realize. This. Tennessee, Florida is a unbelievable. It's a rivalry that can get people fired. I mean, it is a great rivalry. <laughs> you know, it used to mean so much more because the winner of this game would be the SEC champion. Because when you lost this game early in the year, you were really two games behind. Because if the other team lost the game, you know, the, the winner of this game had a tiebreaker against them. So it meant so much more, um, you know. Last year, Tennessee wins the game and still didn't get to the SEC East. They, they kind of fell apart. Um, but, it, but it is true because of Spurrier, the fact that he was from Tennessee, coached him, and he rubbed Tennessee's nose in it for so many years. That's what really produced the hatred on both sides for each other. Steve would never let him. Anytime he did a speech, every time he did a banquet, after every game when he did a press conference, He'd always remind people about how, you know, the, there's a, the, you know, the Tennessee team up there that plays in the Citrus Bowl and you can't sell Tennessee, uh, you know, with, uh, without the Citrus Bowl involved in it. It was embarrassing and they haven't been able to beat them enough, but there's, but Jones has not got the team over the hump, but he has now evened out the talent. And I think Florida's dying to play this game. They got humiliated on national television by Michigan. They haven't played since because of the hurricane. Tennessee nearly got humiliated on national television by Georgia Tech, but came back to win the game. Yeah, so, yeah they ne- and they never should have won that game. No, they should not have won. And, and all honesty, Georgia Tech should have put the game away. Yep. They dropped the ball when they had an opportunity to put it away. And actually... Uh, Tennessee throws a you know, five-yard hitch pass that the guy misses two missed tackles, and he goes 
seven, 60, 70 yards, or, and that really turned the clock around and would give them a chance to come back. So, yes, and then even at the end, the last play, you know, Georgia Tech goes for two and kind of bobbles the play. They do not run it well. They run 98 plays yep. almost with perfection, and the 99th play for the game, they have a misassignment. Uh, you know, this year there's going to be so much placed on those California quarterbacks. It adds a wrinkle to the season that we haven't had in a long time because, the you know, the year is always zeroed in on the SEC, and then it zeroes right. in on the fact that you have Harbor and Urban Meyer now at the Big Ten, uh, and you've had Oregon out there, and, you know, you've last year Washington. Who has a poll. Right. Willie Taggart has them with a poll. Right, and now, though, you have these two quarterbacks in L.A. who will play each other. You got the two of them. You got the whole thing with the NFL with these two. You got all this stuff all year going on, So, and they're going to meet eventually. So they're going to stay in the mix all year Those uh, for the first time in a long time. Those California teams are going to stay in the mix for a while. Yeah, I, I don't know if UCLA is going to be good enough. We will see. Obviously, Josh is good enough. Josh Rosen is good enough. The team that's really entered the picture and does not look like they're going to go away anytime soon is Clemson. You know, when you talk college football and you talk elite now, you know, like Bobby Bowden yep. built Florida State where you had to talk about them. Yep. Now you can't have, cannot have a conversation without including Clemson. And, and that's, that's the change maybe in the last five years that it, that has changed in college football. If they've almost, you know, it's not, I don't want to say this because it's not, fair, but they've almost replaced Notre Dame as one of those marks. Notre Dame and Texas has kind of gone away. Oklahoma's still there, but, you know, those two programs seem to have drifted a bit since Let's be honest, Notre Dame's gone away. we got to be fair. I mean, they, they still in Notre Dame. Well, ever and no since one else... that championship game, yep. ever since that championship game, that, that, that was a tough game, and they have not been able to kind of Get their footing, and they're still and, Notre uh, Dame, and they're the only they're the only sports entity in the world that has every one of their games on national television. And we right. understand that they they are different than anybody else. They're special. We all understand who they are. But they, you know, I thought they'd get beat last week. They did. Um, they they could have won the game, but they did get beat. I uh, did. You know? Yeah, I thought they would win. Yeah, and, uh, and, I'll and, give from a a, a a kudos, a true freshman quarterback going in there to win. I thought Notre Dame looked okay. I really did. They did not get. They didn't get out physical. No, I they did not. They did not. No. I didn't notice any difference in speed in the game. They just couldn't make the clutch plays, and that's a little different from the way we remember Notre Dame making those clutch plays to win games. And, I'll, and, I'll tell you, you know, this: this guy is not different. the. He's not the perfect Notre Dame coach. He's he he's he's just not. Listen, you can be hard. Lou Holtz was hard right. on people. He was really hard on people. You yes, can be hard on people, but this guy somehow disconnects for all his charm and everything else. He somehow disconnects where he just, it's just not what it should be with him there. There's something missing. I can't put my finger on it, but I, it's uh, not, something's missing there with this guy at Notre Dame. He sure, I mean, uh, I've known Brian forever. He was a coach at Saginaw Valley State, you know, one of my good friends played there you know back you know what it was 25 years ago um brian's always had an edge to him uh you know matter whether where, where he coached it does seem that there is a diplomatic brian kelly and then you know he gets to the microphone after the game and you can see another side of him that a lot of people are not comfortable with and he gets testy seems to me at the wrong time and 
he would be better off just taking it as a question, answering the question, and moving on, if you ask me. But, you know, I don't know if it really matters. And he it, yells it, at everybody. It, He's known to yell at his players. He yells at assistants. It, it, he yells a lot. Yeah, it, and, you know, it's seen a lot I, that I he yells a lot. Yeah, I just... You know, you can get away with it. You know, I mean, Nick Saban yells at everybody he does. too, and he does. And he get you gotta win. I was just talking to an athletic director, and he's saying the game has changed so much in the last five years um, that with social media now, everyone gets to everyone. You, you can hear everybody's complaint, and if you're not, you don't have the ability to turn that off. If you don't have the discipline to turn it off, it can eat away at you as a program, and somehow. It seems like Brian is letting those criticisms get to him. I think you're right. I think you hit on it pretty good. I think that's exactly it. And I think guys like Saban and Meyer, they don't like the criticism. They don't want any part of it. No one does. But they they let it. They 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 don't let it show that it gets to them to the level that it does. I mean, you can see Saban when he gets annoyed, and Saban's won so much. Oh, yeah. he, Saban's won right. so much now, he can do whatever he wants, and so can he Urban, so can Urban Meyer. And even so can Harbaugh, you know, because Harbaugh, let's be honest, a hundred people would line up to hire Harbaugh, and he goes out of his way to try to make people upset. I mean, he, well, he wants you that. to think he's a jerk. I mean, there's the one guy totally. who coaches who wants you to dislike him. Well, there's a, it, it does seem like there's a lot of coaches – Watching Popovich and saying, you know what, I'd like to do that sometimes. Right. Because Pop gets away with it, right. and you can do it when you win. And Harbaugh gets away with it. Harbaugh gets away at telling people he whatever he wants to tell them. He tells them whatever he, he wants does. to do. Yeah. In fact, it's part of his aura that yeah. he sells, and, and it's working. You know, they're not loaded, but you can see they're loading, and they're getting good again. Plus, they play differently than everybody else. Yes, they do. And, yes, you know, do. I know there's a bow in his ear. I understand that. And he still hears Bo Schembechler, and he does certain things. But he does play a very physical brand of football the way he plays. Well, I've talked to, uh, you know, people that have played against him, okay? And he is using uh, the, the little sugar huddle. Aaron Rodgers uses it right now where they huddle real close to the line of scrimmage, and if they catch you, substitute him. They quick snap you. He's effectively shifting motion, motioning. He subs a lot of times. He's very clever with his substitution packages. A lot of times he brings three people in and takes out the three exact positions. So you think he's bringing in three receivers, or say he's bringing in <laughs> two tight ends, and you think he's going to go loaded two tight ends. He takes two tight ends out, and he's got the same formation, and he catches you. So he's very clever. The guy's a tremendous and, uh, coach. He's a tremendous. He, he, you know, because he, he, he watches the – see, he does what Spurrier does, but he does it better because here's the one thing. Spurrier had a disdain for defense, and that hurt him. It really hurt him. He just – he didn't even – It does. He, and Harbaugh – Harbaugh, he wants to have a good defense, so he doesn't act that way. But Harbaugh coaches – just the team like he's quarterback in the team, and so did Spurrier. Well, but the way he's very much like Spurrier that way. Everyone has gone. Remember, Spurrier was the last guy to go to the shotgun. He believed his quarterback was under center, and he wouldn't even use it in third down. And then he got uh, hit, nicked with inside blitzes by Florida State. He came out in the national championship game and went to the to the shotgun. Well, everybody is going spread no huddle as a program builder. Right now, you got. Harbaugh says, you know what, I'm going to do a little bit what Sam Weiss did in the NFL. You remember back yep. there when he used that hurry-up puddle with Boomer, caught everybody off guard, and he's using it very effectively at Michigan. It's still playing. 
his brand of, as you say, pro football. No, it's 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 fascinating to watch. And, you know, I actually thought Urban Meyer would be stronger than he is. He's not been as strong as at Ohio State as I thought it, he would be. It's the biggest question mark going into this season is, you know, everybody, me included, remember the, the offensive coordinator for Ohio State is Kevin Wilson. He was the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma when, when Bobby Stoops built that program. There he is. He, he did a good job at Indiana. He comes in to bring more passing life into Ohio State. And, boy, they don't look like they're together at all right now. No, they really don't. All right, thanks. We'll talk next week. Enjoy right. your game. Thank you. Thank you. Gary Danielson, who will be Tennessee-Florida. should be an interesting game. Ohio State's not as good as we thought they would be. That's really what it comes down to. And you have USC, Penn State's back. you got to give them credit. They are good. I mean, they are really good. USC's going to be right there. Uh, and Michigan's extremely dangerous. I, I think the way, and I really believe the one thing he's got going for him. And listen, Alabama's built a kingdom. We know that. But what he's got going for him is he can't get the players at Michigan that Alabama gets. He can't get all of them. He can get good players. He can't get as good. The point is that what he does is he plays a different brand of football than everybody else is playing right now. Everyone else is playing the same way. He's playing differently, and I think that's to his advantage. And he plays – he reminds me of Spurry in this way. They both coach the game like they're quarterbacking the game. And they're frustrated players. They wish they could still play. As a matter of fact, you'll see Harbaugh on the field before the game throwing the ball. When do you ever see coaches actually participating in the drills? Harbaugh participates in the drills before the game. He, he'll, he'll warm up the wide receivers. He wants to throw the ball. He'll, he'll be out there throwing the ball. Spurrier was that way. They, they were frustrated players. Okay? And Harbaugh wasn't a bad player in the pros. I mean, he was a dangerous player in the pros. So, but the, the thing is, you know, these guys still think the way they did when they played. And I think they bring that. The one difference, Harbaugh respects defense. He learned that from Bo, who was his his mentor. Bo is is his guy. That's why he's at Michigan because he loved Bo. Bo preached defense and running the football. That's what Harbaugh brings to Michigan. Spurrier had a disdain. He'd be like, "Listen, Spurrier once told a team before a bowl game, listen, here's my address to the team: defense. If you don't give up fifty, we'll win. Let's go." That was it. And. The disdain he had for the defense, I think, really hurts his team. Back after this.